And what we're also finding if organizations move that dial to five days a week, it starts impacting their ability to retain people. Welcome to the Fincier Podcast. Uh, today, I'm really pleased to have, uh, again, uh, Matt McGilton, Kaizen Recruitment Managing Director. We've spoken on well, quite a few occasions to uh, find out what's going on in the financial services world. And um, he's here to give us an update on, on pretty extraordinary times. Matt, welcome. It's uh, good to have you back. If you could give us a little bit of a, an intro and, a, and an update on where we are. Thanks, Lewis. Great to be speaking to you again. And I know we were talking off off podcast just a moment ago. I think our last conversation, we were concerned about you know, the impact that COVID was going to have in, in terms of the labour market and you know the the massive opportunity and challenge we have at the moment. There's been there's never been so many jobs and so few people to do them. So really from a demand supply perspective. You know, there's an incredible opportunity for people looking for work, but also on the flip side of that, an incredible challenge for companies, organisations, and employers to to attract and and retain people. So, yeah, certainly looking forward to um, unpacking some some questions you've got around that theme. Well, one of the the one thing that we did, uh, I think we landed on, and it was about uh, eighteen months ago, and that was the whole. Uh, work from home i think i think you know to quote you i think i still remember you know it was this is here to stay um where where are we at with that then yeah amazing we, we survey candidates intentions and expectations in terms of what they're looking for from a good employer and work flexibility and the option to work remotely is the number one thing our candidate market is looking for at the moment. So absolutely, it's, it's here to stay. The vast majority of organisations that we speak to are sort of operating on a, on a two, three-day in the office, two, three-day split from home. For five days a week, it starts impacting their ability to retain people and their competitors are offering work from anywhere as an option. So um, when we look at the, the vast population though there's some people that would love to be in the office more frequently and of course there's the um, other end of that where people are happy to be working from home five days a week so i think again a lot of organizations are struggling to land on the appropriate mix but it seems like it's a happy medium of, of two or three days a week in the office and um, one of the things that i was um uh, aware of happening uh, post the conversation we had, as I say, that um, 18 months ago, was that whole concept of the great resignation. Um, and it seems to have uh, morphed into something else. Um, but have you seen, you know, did, how did that play out with, um, you know, what you were seeing? Yeah, great question. So my disclaimer on this is we, we have viewed that through the lens of being a financial services recruitment specialist so what has been happening across our clients now portfolio and financial services so i don't think the great resignation played out to any great effect in the australian financial services market i, I know in other parts of the world it was far more significant if it had an impact it was probably on a on a segment of the population of you know younger professionals say say late 20s that you know been locked in the country for, for a couple of years and perhaps time was running out for them to do an international assignment either to London or Singapore and what have you. Um, but what it sort of morphed into was that, you know, work from anywhere or, or work remotely flexibility. So we saw a lot of people um, that may have had family in different states um, move remotely and, and 
still be able to, to do their job to some some effect or, or regionally. So certainly there wasn't we did not observe a great resignation, but it was just more of a change in, in the labor market, especially how people work. And the other thing that has um, come to bear over the last 12 months is um, some pretty, you know, in, we've all seen around inflation and, and, you know, wage inflation as well. Financial services, you know, there's there's you know, some, some well-paid people. It's, um, have, have you seen the impact of people demanding, you know, or, or need, you know, wanting very high, um, you know, uh, amounts to, to, to move or to stay, you know, certain businesses? In parts, absolutely, to a point where some of the requests and salaries being offered are, are um, I won't say ridiculous, but in, incredibly generous and, and buoyant. Um, probably, you know, six months into the to, to COVID, or maybe even nine months, we really started to see, you know, increased demand for people and, and salaries, especially again in our in our niche, were were, were increasing. Um, we were writing content around that, and, and in fact, we were communicating to our market that it's a great time to look at salaries and certainly on the rise. Perhaps in the last four to eight months, so we've, we've been trying to really cool that narrative because there's only so much clients can pay for people. But increasingly, we're seeing the expectations from candidates around, I know it's a buoyant market, my expectations are, are X, and that could be anywhere from you know, 20, 30, 40% above their current salary. And in some cases through this last few years, people have been getting that. Um, so certainly, I think if you look at salaries, you know, from inflation, from an inflation perspective, they've certainly gone up. But I think it's not due to inflationary pressures, but largely from around, you know, demand just exceeding supply of quality talent in the Australian market. And when we, I think you might have a question about this later, but when we look at that, it's largely for us being supply side driven. So, you know, really migration for Australia has been cut off for the last two years. And especially in early parts of COVID, you know, 600,000 um, foreign workers left the country. So, you know, really diminished talent pools and, and therefore a lot of organisations are starting to really think hard about how they recruit. It's been a boon time for young professionals, especially graduates, to get their first opportunity in industry. So, look, overall, salaries and financial services have certainly increased significantly during the last two years. With, with, with that, you know, um one of the something I've heard is about you know it's from a big organization one of the banks um you know talking about difficulties and and um you know um are there any sort of things that you would give as advice to to the employers first yeah well, absolutely look you, you can't always compete on on salaries I think if it's a a game of deeper pockets you know the larger institutions will typically always win there so how do you differentiate your offering and, and and typically in recruitment speak we talk about evp or employment value proposition what is it you're offering to candidates beyond the title the job and, and the salary and i think when organizations really start to unpack everything that they offer from flexibility you know a good mentor program exceptional training and development a budget for learning and development i should say um, you know, if you can articulate that well and communicate that, it can certainly help. A lot of um, hiring managers we've dealt with have, have thought they can only compete on, on salary and that's the only thing they want. It's not. It's far more holistic than that. And so certainly the employment value proposition conversation has become more um, 
prevalent in any conversation. So what is it you offer? And we love working with clients that can clearly d- define that and articulate that. And sometimes they've even got really slick collateral around what that looks like. Um, and the other thing that's obvious for me, but some hiring managers have been very slow to adopt this, that the, that the pendulum of power has shifted. I mean, once upon a time, you might ask a candidate, why should we hire you? And now hiring managers really have to be clear about articulating the, the, the unique selling point of their organisation. So that employers are having to pitch to candidates a lot uh, harder, clearer to, to convince them to consider them as, as an organisation. So that's that's been one noticeable change. Uh, a, few, a few recruitment processes have run with some hiring managers that haven't recruited for this period. It's a bit of a wake-up call for them around you know, perhaps lowering your expectations to agree, but certainly not having a level of arrogance around who you are as an organisation. It's really around you've got to work very, very hard to um, communicate your value proposition to candidates. I'm intrigued, um, you know, there's, um, there's the stories of, you know, you wouldn't use the word ridiculous, but the salary is really high. But are there any um, weird and wonderful things that people have been offering to uh, you know to recruit to attract people i know the, you yeah. know the fundamentals of flexibility and what but that brings to the organization um are there any things that any anecdotes about uh, anything that uh, would would lighten the situation a bit well it's look some of the things we've observed i mean again we've seen some salaries increase 30 40 50 percent even and typically that's at sort of the analysts, senior analysts. So we're talking, you know, candidates that are sort of four, five, six years into their careers. You know, perhaps they've been undervalued, so there's an opportunity to pay them a bit of a premium with the hope and expectation that they'll stay within your organisation for a longer a longer term. We, uh, for the longest time, you know, sign-on bonuses were not often talked about in the market, but they've come back yeah. in a big way. So sign-on bonuses and, and retention bonuses uh, uh, you know, increasingly discussed um, and, and put into contracts. And so, you know, that is the attraction and retention piece. But certainly overall organisations are having to work a lot harder to attract and retain people. So they're certainly pulling a lot of levers to, to get that done. And is it all one way? You know, are there things that, um, the, you know, the employees looking for things that they they need to do. I mean, any, an advice for them that you would give? Yeah, I think with the um, employees, it's interesting. You know, I think, look, it's, it's, a, it's a very unique time in the labour market to be looking for work. And, you know, perhaps the advice I'd give there hasn't changed from, from any time in the markets around being clear on what you want to do and who you want to work for. Um you know, also be professional and motivated when you're going through a recruitment process. So we have seen that. We have seen an increased level of um, complacency and um, casualness from candidates during this time. And, and that could be on many ways, like, oh, it's, what do I wear for, for a Zoom interview or an online interview now? Do I need to wear a tie or what have you? But certainly there's a casualness that's that's crept into the recruitment process. And I think that happens when you know that the market's buoyant. If you don't get this job, there's just another one around the corner, right? So, you know, again, I'd say just always be professional, be clear on what you want, be open to having a genuine conversations. But it's also, you know, from a, from a, 
employee perspective, it's as much for them to interview the client as it is for the client to interview them. So it's certainly got to be right. So they shouldn't be shy about asking, you know, firm and clear questions. You know, why should I work for this organisation? You know, what does my career prospects look like? How would I be trained? How would I be mentored? What does my future look like? And again, if organisations can't articulate what a career journey looks like for them, you know, I suspect it's may not be the right role for them. So again, it's, there's a bit of a, um, you know, I think both parties are having to work on that, both sides of the equation a little bit to get that right. Yeah. Um, and given that and looking at it from the, the employee's perspective as well, um, you know, it's, 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 it's not going to last forever, you know, and, um, you know, there's fears about what's going to happen with the economy. I just wondered what, um, you know, how long do you think we're going to be seeing this, these kind of circumstances? Any kind of um, perspective on that? You, you I'm, with you, I'm with you, Lewis. It, it, it can't and won't last forever. And, you know, the answer is I'm, I'm not sure. We, we have seen some um, risk aversion perhaps coming into candidates or, or employees' mindsets of late around, well, it looks really good. I'm just not sure. You know, interest rates are going up. You know, are we headed for a recession? So we're starting to see things cool a little bit. And I think some candidates are aware of that too. Like, well, you're giving me a $50,000 pay rise. I mean, what does this mean? How do I justify this? So we often talk about danger money. Why is an organisation you pay so much? Well, maybe they're desperate. Maybe they've had this role vacated, um, vacant for six months. But what happens if the market cools revenues and profitability declines well no doubt organizations need to cut costs and they may look at highly paid underproductive people so look it's well it's been an amazing opportunity for, for people to seek new opportunities and get pay rises you know the market's cyclical right so there's inevitably that's going to happen and, and i imagine you know some of those salaries that we've seen of late may, may cool a little bit but um, well, um, I mean, on that, I'm thinking I'm going to draw it to an end because I think you know, everybody that's out there are uh, uh, sort of either looking to hire or, or a new job. And I'm, I'm trying to keep these uh, podcasts short and sharp. One thing I will say again, if, you know, in thanking you on behalf of the members, we said we'd uh, catch up uh, probably a bit before now when we had the last one. And I think given what's happened, maybe we should uh, uh, pen that in the diaries for. Uh, not 18 months because because things can happen a lot more uh quickly these days can't they yeah Lewis, always always great to speak to you and and, and the fincia members and probably i'll, I'll just conclude that it's it is an incredibly unique and buoyant time in the financial services industry labor market um specifically but you know more broadly it's it's certainly um an interesting time in the labor market in australia full stop so um you know, there's a lot of prospects, a lot of good opportunities out there. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a, it's a great industry to be part of and a, and a great time to be in the industry as well. Well, on that note, I think that yeah. is a good time to stop. Um, thank you very much again, Matt. It was a pleasure.